welcome back to Brunch in the Buzz with your host, me, Bailey. Wow, it has been a minute since the intro app that I released, oh, what, a year ago now? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, about probably seven weeks ago now. Funny story how it's taken me so long. So I deeply miscalculated the amount of time that I was going to have this summer. Uh, In May, when I finished all of my classes for grad school, I was thinking, wow, I'll have so much time to create this podcast and make it my own and figure out my schedule of guests. And let me tell you, since that first episode dropped approximately six, seven weeks ago, I have been at home approximately zero weekends, so the weekend after that episode dropped, I moved uh, to downtown. I live in Madison, Wisconsin, for those of you who do not know me personally, Um, and then after that, I was in Minnesota, and then I was in New York City, and then Iowa, and then where the hell was I? My parents' house, dog sitting, and then Minnesota last weekend, and I actually will be home this weekend in Madison, but I have college friends visiting, which is going to be such a good time. But again, like my weekends have been so packed this summer, just because last summer, you know, none of us could do anything. (laughs) And so I, during the week I get home from work after, you know, teaching children for nine hours. And I just have not had the mental energy to figure it out and to get on a schedule. But this, I'm recording this on a Wednesday. So I feel like Maybe Wednesdays will be the vibe from now on. I'm not really sure. We're going to play it by ear and we're just going to figure it out. Um, But I am really excited for this first episode. It's just me because it's a topic that is very specific and personal. Um, It's a journey. It's my own accountability journey. But it's also a journey that I think a lot of people my age in their mid-20s have experienced or gone through in one way or another. So I'm really excited to have this discussion with you all. One thing I wanted to note before I kind of get going here is that I these stories that I have kind of weaved throughout this podcast episode are personal and so details are going to be fairly generic, but that's also in hopes that you all will kind of be able to relate to what I'm saying in some way or another in your own personal lives, whether you know me personally or whether you have no idea who I am and somehow you've just stumbled into this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, which is, would be really cool. So I, accountability, what do I even say about accountability to start out with? There's a lot of misconceptions on accountability from my experience. I mean, I hear a lot of the generic thoughts on accountability being like, oh, I'm holding myself accountable by going to the gym a few times a week. And yes, that is absolutely holding yourself accountable in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. However, accountability, especially personal and deep accountability, goes so much deeper than that. It is, it's a journey. It's a personal journey. And I found the more I've gone through my late teens and and college into my early and mid-20s in grad school is that accountability got a lot deeper, a lot more personal, and a lot harder to cope and to understand. So 
I guess I want to start this out with my first real taste of accountability. And that was, I would say, my junior year of college. So I was about 20, almost 21 years old. And for those of you who knew me in college personally, I did everything imaginable that I could be involved in. Like I had was taking 18 credits. I was in a club for my major at the time. I was in a sorority and I was on the College Panhellenic Council, which is like the board that oversees sororities. And I had like executive board positions in both of those. Like the fact that I even found time to sleep in my own bed was beyond me. Like I was never home. I was always doing something. And so I I thrived on that at the time because I was always taught, and I don't think I, and this is exclusive to me or to people that I was friends with, but I was always taught that being busy and running around all the time and getting stuff done means that you're worthy or that you're successful. So that's how I've always operated. I operated that way in high school. It was very similar. And so going to college, I didn't expect things to be any different. I expected to be able to do all of these things and still be able to function and and be fine. Um, and that worked for a couple of years. And then my junior year hit. And like I said, I was in like three different clubs. I was in my sorority. I was the vice president of my sorority. And then I was vice president of recruitment on Panhellenic and I was going through that spring after I had turned 20 so spring of my sophomore year going into fall of my junior year and one thing that I specifically remember is that we were doing elections for like the next upcoming upcoming term and we decided that we were going to, you know, you give speeches and then you leave and then the rest of the people discuss you and then they vote. So, you know, it's kind of generic, generic stuff there. And I remember that I was told that I was running for a different position at the time. And I was told that they, this, this person that I don't even remember who it was and it doesn't even matter who it was. It really, they, I have to send kudos to them because this was tough to swallow. And they said, I don't know if Bailey could handle this. And in my head, that was probably the biggest insult. I was like, what do you mean? How do you think that I can't handle it? Like I did just fine in, you know, in the spring and the fall doing all this stuff. And so then I sat on it. And I actually, my, I told my boyfriend at the time, I called him on the phone because we weren't, we didn't live in the same city. And I said, can you believe that this person said this about me? You know, just rambling on and on and on. And he was like, well, how, how do you think that you handled this past year? And I kind of took a pause and I thought, I, I feel like I handled it okay. And he was like, I'm not saying you didn't handle it okay, but he was like, did you really think that you gave 100% in every single activity that you did? And in my head, I wanted to say, yeah, of course. Like, why wouldn't I have given every single part of myself? And then I thought about it and I was like, 
that's not possible. With everything that I was doing, there is no feasible, possible way that I could have given my 100% each thing that I did. So yes, I was able to give little bits here and there. Sure, find 20 minutes to work on this or write this paper for 30 minutes and hopefully it'll be good enough to get an A. And, you know, work on this thing for recruitment and it, it'll be good enough, right? And good enough to me at the time was was fine. That was okay for me because I thought that doing all of these things was more important than putting my 100% and my heart into everything. And so I thought about that for a long time and then I realized what kind of life am I living if I'm always like on the brink of exhaustion or on the brink of mental like exhaustion. And I didn't realize what mental exhaustion truly was until the end of that year. And and I reflected on that and I realized how many times, you know, I had called my boyfriend saying like, why am I doing this? Like, I can't do this. Like, everyone's being so mean. And, you know, you know how, you know how we are in college. And so I realized that was just a big eye-opening thing for me that you don't have to do every single thing and you shouldn't have to do every single thing. You know, find what your passion is and roll with that. Put your 100% into that. Instead of thinking, "Mm, you know, yeah, I could do all of these things. Might make me look pretty cool. Might make me look successful. We're so ingrained in our society that we always have to be productive. Like, we always have to be working on something or we're a failure. And I mean, that sounds dramatic, but really that's how I felt. And even to this day, like, a couple weeks ago, like, I got a bunch of stuff done one night. Like, on my to-do list, like, I had some cleaning I wanted to do, finish, like, hanging stuff up in my new apartment, and I felt really good about that. And so I sat down, and I was like, wow, that was really cool. Like, I'm really proud of myself. But then I'm like, what? Like, screw capital? No, not even screw. This is an explicit podcast. Fuck capitalism for making me think that I need to feel this certain way for, you know, dedicating two hours of my time to hanging stuff up in my apartment versus taking some time to myself and just laying in bed or taking a bath or watching my favorite show. I feel like those two things should have an equal or somewhat equal sense of like relief and like middle happiness or contentment. And so... And I carry that over into my life today, which I'll kind of discuss toward the end on daily accountability. But really, like, it's not about how many things we can get done. It's about finding our passions, finding our what our goals are and narrowing those and figuring out what's going to get us there. I'll tell you what's not going to get you there is having five hours of sleep every night and packing your entire schedule minute by minute with what you think needs to get done or what you think society is going to say that is successful because society doesn't get to say what's successful you do and you get to at the end of the day you lay in your bed and you put your head down at night and think wow i took the time today to myself i feel refreshed i feel mentally capable and mentally content that should make you feel just as good as having a productive day at work having a good workout having a productive day doing homework, doing whatever it is. And so that was the first taste of accountability that I had 
was figuring out and realizing that perfectionism is bullshit and it is unattainable actually like perfectionism is a myth and that we can thrive without perfectionism and that perfectionism will not get us to where we want to go and again I carry that over into my daily life every single day and so the the next really big part of accountability that I learned I would say was at the beginning of 2020 was when it was when it started and that's acknowledging your own toxicity and that is something that I don't believe that everyone has the mental capacity always at every second to grapple with. Um, So I, throughout 2019, I was, you know, um, going, I was still in grad school and I was kind of dealing with a lot just in my own head. I was in my own head a lot. I had started a new job and I, and I wasn't, I liked it to begin with, but I was struggling with um, with that job and with the people I worked with and there was just a lot mentally and so I you know I was in this situation and I continued to be in a situation with this person for a while and I something something big happened and I spent you know a couple months very um, very depressed to be just to put a blank I wouldn't even say anxious it was just to a point where It was very tough for me to even like eat. It was tough for me to get out of bed. It was tough to want to do anything besides lay down, cry, or like sit in the shower. And that is really the truth. And this was conveniently right before COVID hit and we all had to be actually locked down in our houses. And so I spent a lot of time at the beginning Blaming, blaming this other person for my mistakes that I didn't realize were my mistakes. I was always putting the excuses on this other person. That, that, that can't be me. We always see this stuff on Twitter or on Instagram of, you know, people being toxic or the toxic people in our lives do this to us, you know. And so we kind of have that mentality in our heads. And that's what I thought this whole for several months I was like no like this is being blown out of proportion this isn't me there's no way that I did this like to another person and the more I thought about it the I really there was one day I believe it was in April of 2020 so about a year and a little over a year ago now and I just sat there and I was like reading a couple, like I think I was reading this blog post and I realized like, wait a minute, this, this is me, like I'm the toxic person and I'm, this isn't saying that I'm a toxic person in everyone's life because I don't, I don't believe that really anyone is toxic all of the time. But I realized in this certain situation that I had been the toxic person, not just for like this certain instance, but for over the course of like probably close to a year. And sitting with that thought was so mentally draining. Here I am sitting in my apartment. I live by myself. I can't go see anyone or do anything. And I, I cried a lot and I was like, what? who am I? Like, what am I doing? I'm 24 years old. I was 24 at the time. And I was like, and I'm like, I did this. Like, I 
was manipulative. I was, like, embarrassing. I was, I don't, there are so many different adjectives that I could say um, that fit into this situation. And I realized, like, that I don't want that to be me. And, And I don't think that I'm defined by this toxic behavior, but I need to figure that out and I need to change. And so from that point on, I spent that spring and summer just really focusing. And when I say focus on myself, like I meant that, like I didn't, you know, I focused on like what is causing these behaviors. And I dug deep and I, and I kind of thought of things that may have attributed to this behavior or any trauma that I might've experienced that might've attributed to this behavior. And, you know, obviously like this is coming from someone who's going to be a therapist in about 10 months. And I, trauma is something that once you've been exposed to it, it will affect you for the rest of your life. And trauma is no one's fault at all. But there are chances to focus on harnessing that fear or that resentment or those those toxic behaviors and figuring out how you can grow from them. This is not saying that you will ever be perfect or that you will never have setbacks because recovery is not a lin- it's not linear. It's not a bell curve. It's not any sort of curve that you might have learned in some stats class you took in college or high school that you barely remember anything from. Like this is real life. And so I it took me a while to accept that and it took me a while to understand that there were going to be setbacks. I had never had or suffered really from anything very serious before. Um, I knew I've I've had depressive thoughts since I was probably 11 years old, but I really didn't start dealing with them in a in a productive way until this, so a little over a year ago. And so I worked really hard and I thought about what these things were and I thought how can I how can I fix this and it, and it was actively every single day having conversations with myself journaling talking with someone figuring it out because it's not something that gets that goes away overnight it's such an and it's still I'm I still have behaviors that I deal with sometimes that I don't love about myself and that I don't appreciate and that I can still improve on and that has like meddled or you know ended up in relationships that I've been in after the fact so I think I think the toughest part though about toxicity and acknowledging that accountability is exactly that is acknowledging it you have to acknowledge it it's and you have to understand and know that like you that this isn't it for you and that you'll improve. Um, one thing I do want to say on this last part that I think is very, very important and I don't want to gloss over it is if this behavior that you've done or engaged in is with another person or people, you have to realize that once once you've once you're done healing or once you've completed the healing that you're content with for the meantime. At least for me, I wanted to apologize for everything that I had done. And while some people, myself or whoever, get the opportunity to do that, you have to realize that people who you've 
committed, you know, harm to, whether, you know, and I'm not saying physical harm, I mean emotional or psychological, like, harm in any way. And this sounds, like, very harsh, and I don't mean it that way. I just mean, like, manipulation can go a long way into, like, feeding into someone's psyche or into someone's mental stability or mental health. And so you have to understand that they may not, they might not want to hear that apology and that's what's going to keep them productive or mentally stable or mentally content. That is a tough thing that I think people really, really struggle with. But also know that like, just because you don't have that opportunity to apologize or try to make amends doesn't mean that you're not improving yourself. Continue to improve. Continue to build relationships that positively serve you. That is going to help you more in the long run than dwelling on maybe someone who isn't ready or just doesn't want that apology in their life at that time or eventually maybe ever. And let me tell you, it took me a while at the beginning to think or know that maybe someone will never want to hear that from me. I feel like, you know, I deserve to like give my apology, but you know, we don't, people who we've wronged, they they might not accept or want to accept that at any point in time because of any harm that you might not even have known that you've caused to someone or stuff that they're just working through on their own. I mean, human beings are just so complex. Everything is not as it seems. What is that? What is that thing on your mirror? Objects in mirror may be closer than they appear. Actually, I don't think that even goes along with it, but you know, you're, you're picking up what I'm putting down. That's that's important and I think once once you've because you you probably will hit that at one point and getting past that and hopping over that and continuing your road to recovery or your road to amends amending for yourself is so so important and now the last type of accountability that I wanted to talk about before we end here for this time and let you know what my next episode will be on this is my, it's just so, like, I'm actually smiling as I'm chatting with, with my phone, with you all, um, because this is the part where it's cool, like, to look back on throughout the past few months, and that's just the practice of daily accountability, and I want to, I want to reiterate that this isn't, like, something you'll find in a, in a textbook or in a blog or anything, this is just something that I like to refer to it as, is just daily accountability, and what I mean by that is throughout different, you know, areas of your life or even throughout the day, you know, you might experience a lot of thoughts. So for me, one one that I'll just start with that's kind of a generic one that I think a lot of people could relate to is when you think about your job, like, how can I do better at my job? I know I can do better. I did, you know, I feel like I was crabby today or... I felt like I just wasn't doing what I should be doing. How can that change? But the but the part of personal accountability or daily accountability that is in that area isn't just simply those original thoughts. Those just like, man, like I yelled a lot at work today. Like I was really touchy. Like what's up with that? The daily accountability part is how can I change that? How can I harness this healing that I'm working on and turn that into something tangible that I can begin to work on. That is the key with daily accountability. So 
for example, that was a generic one. That was just one that I kind of just thought of on my own. But something for me that I've recently, like very recently, within the past probably two, three months, that I've really been thinking about and working on unlearning because a lot of a lot of accountability is unlearning things that you may have previously believed or thought. So one thing for me is that I've I mean it's it took me a while to to really think about this because this affects a lot of people in my life that I've been close with and I still am close with and love so much. But I've realized that I've spent more time pleasing other people throughout the last several years of my life than really trying to make it what I want. And what that means is things like previously always asking a friend to hang out when she wouldn't even give me the time of day or give me or even shoot me a text back or, you know, realizing that those that you're putting in all the effort in something that you're not getting any effort back or that communication that you so value with someone or with something is is not there at all or has not improved it's little things like that that require this daily accountability on how are you going to create the best version of you how are you going to create this mental state where you wake up every day and for the most part Obviously, we're all going to have good days and bad days. This is just on a generic scale, but that you're going to feel like, yes, I feel like this is a place where I am content and where I'm thriving in this situation in my life right now. There are things from your life that you are just going to have to kind of remove or accept as is, but and you make that decision with yourself. I know for me... I have thought for a while, you know, I've been figuring out where I'm going to make my next career move. And, you know, there's so many things that that I, and don't get me wrong, anybody who knows me, like, knows how much I love Madison as a city. It's been, these past three years have been, changed my life for the better, have been a dream come true, absolutely. Um, But... For a long time, I didn't believe in myself that I could really strive for something bigger and different. More, more emphasis on the different. Um, you know, my dream since I was in middle school was to live in a big city, right downtown in a high-rise apartment, living my dream job, walking five seconds to a coffee shop, like trying out all the good pizzas, Like, that was my dream. Some people's dream is to live in a house and get married at 25. That's not mine. And I needed to accept that because a lot of being in your mid-20s, you have people from so many different areas of life. You have people who are getting married. You have people who are single. You have people who are getting houses. You have people who are, you know, living downtown. And all of these people are living their best lives. It's not a matter of, like, I... I have known so many people who have determined success on if you have a house by the age of 27 or if you're married before you're 30. Like, that does not determine success. And I really wish people would stop because for me, like, success will be in 10 months. I mean, I'm, I feel successful now. It's just for me personally and holding myself accountable for my own dreams. 
will be, you know, out on the East Coast. Hint, hint, spoiler, spoiler. But but I'm not going to tell you guys everything, so shh. Um, but, you know, finding an apartment downtown, figuring it all out, loving myself, continuing to indulge in all my favorite things, that is my dream. And it's a, kind of about holding yourself accountable to that. You know, accepting that, like, this is what I want. And that's okay. And not always having to feel like you have to conform to, like, what other people are doing or what society deems you should be doing. That's that's a big part of accountability. You know, hold, be, be accountable for your dreams. It's not just about being accountable for your negative or toxic behaviors or situations. It's about embracing your strengths, embracing your wants and your desires, and really putting in the effort to move forward with them. And that's not, you think like, yeah, obviously, like you, I want what's best for myself, but it's not that easy. I mean, what you want might not be what your best friend wants or what, you know, your significant other wants or whatever, but it's understanding that you, you're the one who lives in your body, who lives your life. It's up to you to create those visions and those dreams and doing little things every day to hold yourself accountable for that. For me, it's thinking, you know, every, maybe every month, like I'll start apartment, I'll, I'll look for apartments casually. And then the next month I'll start looking for jobs and I'll start looking up like licensing requirements for what my degree is in and things like that. And just continuing those strides I think is so important in achieving that personal accountability. It's just, it's a, but it's a process and it's something that actively takes time. I think what has worked for me is devoting, again, part of the reason why I have kind of been lagging behind on this podcast and I'm going to do better, you guys, I promise, um, is that I take aside time to figure out if what I want is translating to how I'm holding myself accountable in my daily life. You know, I want to be working on, you know, this. Am I am I actually taking steps to do that? Am I actually doing the hard work like cutting people off or down that might be getting in the way of this, that, and the third or whatever it is? It's having those tough conversations with yourself before you have those tough conversations with other people or other things that's really going to drive you and get you to that next step in your life. So really that's that's where it's been for me. And one thing that I kind of wanted to close this little section and episode off on is this this discussion, mini discussion I should say, on when you've been wronged and how to go through with that. And so for me, I feel again this is this is very generic, so hopefully maybe some of you can relate to it or have some sort of connection. But for me, there Earlier earlier this year, I experienced something that was very traumatic, and um, I, I didn't know how to handle it. I was very closed off. I didn't really talk to anyone about it because I didn't want to go back to old habits that I had worked so hard to work, to work on and to improve upon. But I knew in my heart that I had been deeply wronged by somebody that I used to consider to be a friend. And so all I wanted for months, I wouldn't say months because it really hasn't been been too long, but 
for you know for weeks i i was thinking when am i i've been holding myself accountable when are they gonna hold themselves accountable like when does that happen and i realized that you can't you can't wait and wish for that that has to come from that person just like how it took me a while to come to terms with it myself it wasn't after i did something embarrassing or horrible like the second after that i realized that that was wrong it took a few months and it might take someone a few years or maybe never you know everyone's accountability journeys are different and some people may not hit those at all and that's a daunting thought to think about but really it's about understanding that you yourself may never get that that discussion or those words back and you just have to be okay with that and you have to be able to move forward and understand that the work that you're doing yourself determines how you live your life it doesn't determine what that person does or what that person will do in the future that's on them and that's their journey your journey is something else so I think that's extremely important to remember is I think a lot of us have been wronged and we think like when am I going to get that apology I anyone who knows me personally knows how big I am on closure I am so I'm actually it just gets to a point where it's like Bailey really but I just I feel like closure is important I feel like I need it I know a lot of people would like highly either like disagree or don't we're not on the same wavelength with that and that's totally understandable I just I appreciate closure and so I think that that's what I seek from other people if I feel that you know I've been wronged or what have you and so I learned that that might be something that I'll never ever get but that that is okay and that I'm going to continue to move forward and that I'm going to be okay um you can't you can't do everything for everyone else and nor should you you cannot set yourself on fire to keep other people warm you cannot reciprocate energy that isn't being reciprocated back you can try but it's not worth it and you shouldn't if a, if there's a lighthouse and it's moving its beam and that beam never hits you then maybe it's time to find a new lighthouse and that's the biggest thing that I've learned just throughout these past few years of growing up and figuring it all out is that, well, one, nothing is under control ever, <laughs> but also that that energy and that reciprocation in whatever way works for you. We all have different levels of, you know, of needs for our mental health and for our just ability to function and to thrive in certain relationships and communication but understanding that those reciprocations are discussed and that you're okay with those and if you're not okay with those that it's time to take those steps and engage that daily accountability and really advocate for what's right for you and to not look back and to know that that accountability is going to drive you to be exactly that person that you want to be wow guys thank you so much for tuning in i hope that that wasn't too much Uh, I know it was a lot of personal information um, to a degree that I shared that hopefully you guys will appreciate. Um, And yeah, I'm really glad that all of you tuned in. One thing that's really cool that I wanted to mention before I end this here is that I really didn't think after, even after I posted my 
my uh, intro episode that anyone was, I was, you know, a couple of the weeks ticked by and I was like, you know, no one's really gonna, like, if I don't put this out for another week, who's gonna notice, really? Who's really gonna care? And I have such awesome friends that I've had friends reach out and be like, Billy, like, when's that podcast episode coming? And that, like, warms my heart and I... I just love my friends so much and I really appreciate you guys. That really means the world. I promise I'm going to try a lot better since there actually is interest. That's really, really cool. And that makes me really excited for future episodes, especially since my next episode, my plan is to drop it. Again, I, I do want to do Sundays because brunch of the buzz, usually people do brunch on Sundays, but you can guys can do a, a late night brunch on a Wednesday, right? That's a thing. We're going to make it a thing. It's fine. So, but normally I will try to release them on Sundays. So my goal is to release my next one, hopefully on August 1st, if not for sure, August 8th. I do have a camping trip planned coming later this month, so we will see. Um, But I am, again, I mentioned this on my Instagram story, but I am super excited because my next episode is on a topic that really means so much to me. It drives a lot of my personal work my and my professional working goals and that's on misogyny we all know about misogyny there's an entire freaking infrastructure to support it and I am really excited that I'm going to be bringing on one of my good friends to chat about it I know her and I have very different professional uh, affiliations but she has a lot she has a way different perspective on it than I do which is why I wanted to bring her on and if you have any questions or any stories to share. I've already had a couple of people DM me on Instagram and share like experiences they've had with misogyny in various professional or personal roles. Please DM me. Um, my Instagram handle is Bailey Curie, uh, but it's B-A-I-L-E-E-E-Y-C-U-R-I-E. I know I, I, I think if you watch the intro episode, you know how I like trying to be like fancy and cool and do a little different, whatever. It's just made things more complicated, but I feel like it's just too late to change it now. So that's what it is. So DM me on Instagram if you have any stories that you are open and okay with me sharing. I will keep them anonymous, of course, if you would like me to. And so I'm excited to share those thoughts on the show as well. That's that's really exciting um, for me. And it's going to be a topic that's not easy to talk about, but I think we'll get a lot of us thinking and realizing that misogyny, how like interwoven misogyny is just in our infrastructures in society. And I think we all kind of know that, but just hearing those stories on how it's affected all of us differently, I think will be very compelling and exciting to talk about on the show. And so again, uh, you guys heard my Instagram handle. I believe it is, I dropped it in the show notes. Um, and then my Twitter handle is the same thing. B-A-I-L-E-E-E-Y-C-U-R-I-E. And then, but Twitter, it's underscore one. So you feel free to DM me on there if you would like to. And I'm excited to get that discussion going. And also let me know how you thought about this episode. If you liked it, if you learned anything from it. uh, And if you have any thoughts on future topic ideas, because I have a lot of ideas, um, but I also want the audience to be engaged in whatever I am talking about. So if you have something that you think a lot of people would be very interested in, please feel free to send me a message. If you know me personally, of course, just shoot me a text and I will definitely work it out. And lastly, if you ever want to be a guest, let me know. Thankfully, I think we all know how to work Zoom now. Thank you, COVID. So you can always set up a Zoom or if you want to meet me in Madison, that would be great too. And so thank you guys. And I will see you guys next time on Brunch and the Buzz.